This program is brought to you by Bible Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. Welcome to Shepherding Our Hearts with Addie and Tina Shepherd. Guys, it's a new topic. This is weird. It's been a long time, but uh, I have to say how much I loved our other topic. Oh, it was so great. And I still keep going back to that so and going, fun. ooh, we could... No, just kidding. We've already done that because we have covered... Which is why we decided to move on. But let me tell you, I am so excited about this new topic. Me too. She sent me two options today. I got home from work. I was sitting in the car. I realized I could have probably gone in to talk to her, but I wasn't quite there yet. So I didn't. Um, And she texted me and she was like, I was thinking this or this. And I was like, this second option that you sent me, I want. I want to do that option. So I was like, so let's do that. Let's do it. Yeah, here we go. And so we did, and it's going to be the one another commands. So basically, what that would mean is like the commands in the Bible that are aimed at one another. So basically how you should treat one another. I think it's so cool, and I had, one of the reasons it popped up in my mind is because I think it was like several months ago, we have a morning Bible study, you know, just it's me and the kids. And then as different ones are in college or have jobs or whatever, it kind of ends up being different ones at different times. But I said, I really want to do a study of the one another commands. And then Addie got a new job. And so she's not here anymore in the mornings. And so she's not here anymore. You're here by noon, but by then why it's at the gym. And anyway, it doesn't always work out. And so we've not gotten to that study yet. And so Wyatt and I were studying through Ecclesiastes, which is what our ladies class is on. So I figure Addie is studying it there. And so he's studying it with me at home. So anyway, we've not gotten to this topic yet. So it was one I've been looking forward to. And I'm so excited about. It's it's going to be fun. Do you know how many there are? 32. No. I guessed. There are actually, well... I guess they're not all unique, but there are over a hundred times in 94 verses in the Greek is the word one another. another. And the word in the Greek is actually just one word. I figured because you said in the Greek, the word one another. So I followed, but I'm glad that you said that for them so they don't think you're insane. Al alone, maybe is how you would say that. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. alone. But this specific week... We're going to be talking about the first one, which we obviously picked to love one another. But while I was thinking about it and while I was looking at it, I was like, and I was looking at all of the other one another commands that are also listed there. And and I was like, you know what? Like, love encompasses all of it. Because some of them are like, respect one another. Don't slander one another. Be kind one to another be generous one to another like there's all of these things and there's something like there's do's and don'ts right but all of that is encompassed in love and I just like that so I like that we're starting with it and then we can like almost delve deeper yeah it's gonna be perfect I mean but it kind of goes back to what when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was and he said love Love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and and love your neighbor as yourself so, yeah, it breaks it down right there. Like, love God, love, love one another. It's and then, of course, hard. there is a whole lot of other That's things that true. go into that. That's not true. We just that. talked about how sometimes it is hard. 
yeah, in action, it is hard because we are all human and we all have flaws and we all need... Sometimes personalities just don't match. Yeah, and that can be a struggle, which is why when you talk about love one another, like there's a lot of different types of love. Agape but is this one. Agape, yes. is nice because we've talked about this before and the agape love actually takes no emotion. Which is nice because you can't force emotion, right? I don't know if you've ever tried, but it's not. You can't force yourself to feel something. So it's nice that this requires no emotion because some people, you're just not going to feel that love towards them. But you but can always... You can always want what's best for someone. Yeah, and to take those actions that help that person in what they need because when we break it all down right even someone who is um a thief or a murderer or all of this if we truly want what is best for that person we agape love them that means we want them to turn to god to repent of the error of their ways to change their hearts to change their actions and behavior and then First of all, that person then can have the hope of heaven, just like everyone else who obeys God, right? We are all flawed, but we can all have that hope. And in doing so, they become a good person. And let me share with you a harder one than even loving a murderer. Because for some reason, I really feel like it is easier to love a murderer than to go up to your friends and tell them that they're in sin. Or somebody who has hurt you personally. Well, yeah, and there are examples of people who have, you know, whether intentionally or accidentally, like um, there is a story um, that I've heard in a lesson, and it, it actually truly happened, but it was a college student who oh, accidentally... I this one. Yeah. I didn't know it really happened. What? I didn't know it really yeah, happened. Yeah, it actually really happened. No, because I can only sleep at night thinking that that's a fictional story. Yeah, so, and it was an accidental death. Um, that happened at a Christian college, and I don't remember all of the circumstances, but basically, I mean, like, they were just having fun, but in doing that, someone was injured and actually died. Well, the family of the of the boy who died went to the one who accidentally caused his death and forgave him and... Taught him the gospel, right? I, I don't remember if he was already a Christian, but... I don't think so. They adopted him. Yeah. Like, they... Like, took him into their home. And, like, I can't even imagine. Like, it brings tears to my eyes even thinking about that kind of thing. But but I think you're right that sometimes we find it easier to, you know, say that kind of thing. Or to even think, like, if it doesn't personally affect us. Like, of course I could forgive this or that or the when other. When they've but lied they, before. In the, like, okay, but it's different when somebody's lied to you or about you. Or about you, yeah. That's even or, harder. like, yeah, if they've said terrible things about you, it's harder to go to them and be like, I still agape love you, because you probably don't literally love them in them. Not literally, because agape love is real love. But yes. it's not... You're not having the emotion. <laughs> you might not have that emotion, but it's harder to be like, I still want what's best for you. Because your feelings kick in and you're like, I really don't care what happens to you. And then you're like, I can't have that attitude. That's not right. I need to care. And I think I said at a Devo at at camp this past summer that sometimes it's easier for us to say, yes, I would die for Christ, right? Like if someone came to me and said, 
you know, if, if you don't renounce God and renounce Christ, like, I'm just going to kill you. You're like, okay, fine, kill me. But sometimes it's harder to live for Christ every day, which means taking those actions of love when you're not feeling that warm, fuzzy kind of love towards someone, right? To, to step towards one of your friends and say, what you're doing is wrong. What you said is wrong. You need to change. Like, that's hard. That's scary. It is. You don't want to lose that relationship. Okay, let's read some verses that talk about... I, w- I had one more verse to go along with what we were saying. Oh, okay, go it for just, it. It makes me think of... Jesus on the cross, I mean, these people were literally putting him to death and lying about him and saying all of the terrible things. But in that moment, in Luke 23, 34, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And if that's not love, then I don't, I don't know what is. Yeah, because he knew. Well, that's the whole reason he was dying Especially on that cross. Especially in the moment that he was able to say that. That is so hard. Because, <laughs> you know... You can probably, but anybody can probably bounce back and eventually be like, yeah, you should probably forgive them. But while he was hanging on the cross and dying, while the emotions were all still there, he was like, they need forgiveness. And that's crazy to me. Yeah, and I think about that too, that the, sometimes we look at him like hanging on the cross and the death that he suffered the pain that he went through physically and all of that to be like the worst thing we could possibly imagine. But when I read back through his crucifixion and you see Judas betray him in the garden and then you see Peter deny him and obviously he knows all of this is happening. I just but can't like, even imagine being Peter and like that after denying him that third he time looks and he him. looks at him like... But can you imagine? I think I probably would have peed myself, to be completely <laughs> honest. I would have been like, oh, oh. Like, the betrayal of his closest friends is just staggering to me, how yeah. you move past that. But he did, and he knew it was all going to happen. Which, like I said, is unreal. Unreal that he was instantly able to be like, I know you stabbed me in the back, quite literally, but it's okay. How? Cause, Anyways. Because God is love. and I, I think mean, that that's going to be my point, because I was going to do how should we love, mm-hmm. and we should love all the way, and we should love right away, and with a happy heart. <laughs> it's like obedience. <laughs> Like that's what I literally um, always said to the kids when they were growing up. You need to obey all the way right away and with a happy heart. Yeah, but apparently but it, it works. works with love, too. Think about it. Yeah. No, it, it does. It makes sense. You just, you have to be able to have that lovingness. Is that a word? Yeah. Inside of you for all people at all times. And it's not easy. Love feels like it should be something that should be easy, but it is not always Anyways, you can tell people how to not love now. Well, first, I was actually just going to read the verses, some of which, because actually um, love one another is talked about in many of the one another verses. When I said it's a hundred times in 94 verses, like love one another. 93 of them are love one another. I'm just kidding. No, but about a third of them actually talk about loving one another. So we're just going to read a few of those. Um, right now, but John 13, 
verses 34 through 35. Did you want to read it? I'd love to read it. And you just I, have my, I have my electronic Bible, so I can't rip anybody's Bible. Oh, that's so nice. 33 through 35? 34 and 35. That makes more sense. Um... A new commandment give I, I might be word dyslexic, (laughs) a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Okay, so here's a lot of love one another is all right there in this one section of scripture that Jesus is, is commanding. And then if you just... Flip over to chapter 15, and then read verses 12, and, um, yeah, 12, and then 17. Okay. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And then verse 17 says, these things command you, I command you, that you love one another. Okay. So again, just Jesus saying again and again and again. Love one another. Love, 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 love. And that all men will know that we are his disciples if we love one another. And I think that that is something that is so hard to do. I I have found it in my experience that people are sometimes more quick to forgive those who are outside of the church than those who are in the church. Because it's easier because you... How do I say this? You expect more from people in the church. You really do. So, like, if somebody from outside the church tells a lie to you, about you, whatever, you're like, oh, well, maybe they didn't understand. Maybe they didn't know. They don't have the same standard of living that I have. But when people with the same standard of living who you know know that they're acting stupid, like then you're just even more frustrated, like, you should know better. But that's not the right attitude to have because we are all people inside of the church and outside of the church. People in the church are not perfect people. That's not why we're in the church. We're in the church because we are not perfect. Literally the opposite. And it, it comes to a humility, right? Like, we should know that we are imperfect and that we need God and, and that we need... That is the whole point of the church, Right? That's, right? that's why it was set up, is because we're not perfect, but it is easier to forget. And those people, yes, they should know better, but things happen, you know? And I think all, you know, all of us in the moment of weakness have gossiped, you know? Oh, Sometimes yeah. it's so easy to um, get caught up in a conversation with your friends. But you and... just, you gotta be able to be like, huh, <laughs> that was wrong. And I think, um, I almost said dad, because I'm talking to Addie. JJ. JJ, my husband often says to his basketball team, like, you have to practice, practice how what, you're going to play. Yeah, and you have to practice how you're going to play, but you have to do it to the point that it takes the emotion out of it. So that when that moment comes, when you're at the end of the game, you have a scenario laid out and you're like, I know what I'm going to do. We, I don't even need, need to foul. think. Yeah. If you're down, if you're down three, you don't, question you don't question it. You foul, and so the same thing kind of comes in situations like this. Like you need to have a game plan. Like what am I going to do? What am I going to say when my friends start going down that road of gossip that I have so often 
just followed right along with stop the sip stop the sip <laughs> that's what i say <laughs> I don't um but you need to have a I game plan for the record yeah you have a you have to have a game plan ahead of time and so i'm, I'm already working on this right um thinking about like okay how do i change the subject i mean you can do it that way but even better yet would be to confront confront and to say it's not right that we're talking like, about this i don't really think that we like i don't maybe you can even just say that you don't feel comfortable hey i don't really feel like we should be talking about this and i mean you can even go so far as to say if we're concerned about so and so this friend we need to go and talk to them you think that's a good idea about it you know, I think that is what the Bible teaches, and I think huh. God God knows us well enough to know. Does He? That even when we think a better course of action would be X, Y, or Z, we better do it God's way, A, B, and C, because our thinking is not like His thinking. His is much higher than ours, and so so often when we think, yeah, but but my situation is different because no, it's not. Yeah, there that, is nothing new under the sun. That is what we always think. Your situation is exactly the same. But um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. When it comes to God's plan, I mean, like I've noticed in my life that any time I do what God has told me to do, in the moment God has told me to do it, it has never failed to work out ever. Anytime I have ever decided to do something my way, anytime, with anything, I don't think it has ever worked out. And sometimes it'll work out for a while. But then it all crumbles. But truly because it's not done correctly. It's built upon sand. That's so funny because I don't think you've had time to listen to the Cabin Talks podcast yet Oh, is that what it's about? But... it goes right along with it. I will just say that much. So if you haven't listened to the Cabin Talks podcast for this week, you... do yourself a favor. Go back. Listen to yeah. that as well. I have not had time. Well, it just came out at like 10-something today, so you were working most of that time. That's true. So it's it's all good. I also wanted to read 1 Peter one twenty two, and this talks about some of the things that I'm going to talk to, like in the not. But what? We're at 18 minutes. Okay. Just... It's totally fine. I've been talking for forever. I was just letting you know our time. I feel like it's been a good conversation, but this kind of wraps up some of the things that are in the negative, right, of what we should not do with this. So 1 Peter 1, verse 22 says, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So unfeigned in that verse basically means real not faked and so i think sometimes one of the biggest things we can do in you know quote unquote loving one another is fake it is do we fake it like so often we do we act like we love one another but we are just fake showing each other love right we act like we care but we don't just truly care you often you know see someone that's where gossip comes in right yeah. Like you've said, if you're really concerned for someone and not fake concerned, you're going to go to someone. Because you want what is best for them, which what? is heaven. You want that hope of heaven for them. You want them to truly repent. And so in doing so, you're going to take the actions prescribed by God to help that person. 
And if you are fake, showing someone love, right? You might ask how they're doing and they might say, oh, I'm really struggling with this. And you pat them on the back and go, well, good luck. I'll think just, about you. It doesn't help. And it so, does nothing. <laughs> in doing so, I mean, Addie brought up a great analogy, not analogy, example. That's the word for love and how we are taught to show love. And that was the Good Samaritan. I did say that, didn't I? You did. Like I said, I've been talking about this for a while. Kind of forgot what all I said. And I feel like the the people who passed by... They fake loved him. They did. If he had been in the temple, they would have been like, we love you, brother. Yes. Thank you for your gift, because, of course, he probably would have given his sacrifice of whatever, and or his tithe, and they would have been like, good man, thank you, we love you. But to actually show love means they had to sacrifice something of themselves for him. And they were not willing to do that. Like, what's his face? The Good Samaritan. Oh, yeah, him. (laughs) Even, so, like, they didn't even, they weren't even willing to sacrifice their time. They wouldn't even stop. They just, like, passed by on their other side and didn't even pause, right? Because, of course, they were important and had places to go and places to be. But the Samaritan, who wasn't, who... Who wasn't even, like, part of his thing. Like, they would not have spoken normally. No. The Samaritans were treated with, like, great disdain and... Disrespect. Disrespect. Like... And unworthy. They were the scum of the earth. And yet he's the one who stopped and sacrificed all of this to show love for a stranger. So And not just a stranger. A stranger he wasn't supposed to even be kind to. But he was, and that is who we need to be like. Yes. Did you want to read the verses you had said at the beginning or no? All of 1 Corinthians 11? 13. That is exactly the number I saw in my head when I said 11. (laughs) (laughs) One, three. I feel like that would be a great place to just wrap it up, just to read through those verses. And, of course, knowing that here it's going to say charity. Though... I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries, and have all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing." Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail, and whether there be tongues, they shall cease." Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, but we prophet, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I feel like we could have cut out that whole section, since it's really more talking about, like, the incompleteness 
Go ahead and finish through the end of the chapter because you want that last verse. I do. That's true. I know. For now, we seem to go starkly, but then face to fight face. Uh, now I know in part, but then I shall I know even as also I am known. Now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Okay. Now I have an, an addition just quickly because I have thought that many times before. Like why in the midst of all of these passages on charity, which is the Greek word agape, so love, does it insert this part about that which is incomplete being they did not have the complete word of God. But if you go back to John chapter 13 that we read already in verse 35, the purpose of these spiritual gifts that we're going to cease was to what? Show that these were actually God's people. Yeah. They were a proof. But what does Jesus say? Then shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So that is the proof that goes on. We are supposed to love not like the world loves. We're supposed to love like like Christ loves. loves. So that will be what shows the world that we are truly from God if we love one another. Do we say thank you? Thank Thank you. you. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting our website, BibleWayMedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts and all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.